I want to talk a little bit about this vision of ours of transformed lives. Uh, if you were to use Bible terms, you would, uh, you would use the expression that we're here to make disciples. Uh, but transformed lives is probably language that those of us in the church and those who are new to church can understand a little bit better. And that's the vision that we use and express. Transformation isn't just a one-off moment. It's not just that first Sunday when someone comes and is loved and accepted and meets Christ or, or over a period of time. It, it begins with that. But it's a, it's a journey that each of us will be on for the rest of our lives until we meet with Jesus. We will be being transformed. I am a transforming life and I hope that you're the same. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says this, So all of us who have had the veil removed, that's the thing that separated us from God, the blindness, and reflect the glory of the Lord. The Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's what God is here to do for you and for me. He's here, and that's our vision, to keep transforming us to be more and more like Jesus. It's a process. It's a journey. It a, it's a, happens in moments, and it happens over a period of time, but it's this journey of being transformed. And I want to talk tonight about five aspects, and I've talked about this this morning. I'm going to probably have some different emphasis tonight, but I want to talk about five aspects of what it is to be transformed. How do lives get transformed in this church? How do lives get uh, transformed biblically? And the first one is simply, as Kirby so beautifully expressed, is by beginning a relationship with God. Beginning a relationship, a relationship that you were created for, a relationship that you'll never be fulfilled until you have. You were created to walk and talk and live and breathe in a continuous relationship with a Father in heaven who is wild about you, passionate about you, and loves you. Bible tells us that He's got, a, he's got your name on His hand. It's like God's got tats, just telling you, just quietly. Uh, on His hand, He's got a picture of you. He loves you. He thinks about you all the time. That's, that's His perception of you. The Bible says uh, more than the, the seas, the sand on the seashore, his thoughts towards you. I don't know about you, but that seems to me like a lot of thoughts that God's thinking about you and He's thinking about me. He loves you. And so the beginning of transformation, the beginning of change is when we say, God, would you come in and I want your love. I want to accept your love. I want to walk with you. And this will happen in all sorts of different ways. We run courses to help people connect with God. Things like Alpha. Every Sunday, there's a moment. There will be at the end of this service. There'll be a chance for you if you've never invited God into your life or you've drifted away from Him. There'll be a chance to reconnect with Him. As we connect with God, it's, it's, it's not just about a, 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 a knowledge. Up, it's not just about connecting with God mentally or intellectually. It's about an experience with God. At the end of this service, I'm wanting to open up an opportunity for prayer. And for maybe for you, today will be the day where you don't just know something about God, but you encounter God yourself as we pray for people who want to be prayed for. We have what we call an encounter experience, and it's every six or eight weeks after the Alpha course. It's open for anyone. You can go to one every eight weeks for the rest of your life if you want to keep encountering God. I'd suggest that if you're doing that, it's probably time you start helping other people. But I'm just saying, if you're hungry to encounter God, then there's an opportunity to do that. And the details are in what we call our next step zone on the website or in the foyer. 
That's the first thing. We begin a relationship with God. The yeah. second thing we do that creates the atmosphere for transformation is we connect with God's family. Yeah. We connect with God's family. You and I, when we become uh, Christians, born again, the Bible says, we become sons and daughters of the living God and therefore we're part of God's family. Yeah. I love this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 says this, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family. Come on. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. you got a big family. Come on, right here. Some of you have already got a big family. You've got eight or nine kids. Well, welcome to a church uh, where the, your family's about a thousand people. That's a big family. I know some Italian friends and they have 800 people turn up to their wedding. That's a big family. Okay, I don't know if you know anybody like that. But for us, this is a big family. Therefore, you're surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to be your best friend. Come on, that doesn't mean you're going to actually like everybody. Uh, but you, you have to love everybody. That's, that's what happens. And as God changes our hearts, we, we get better at loving one another and supporting one another. And we become part of the family. And I know, look, hey, churches are open. We don't have like a no weird people policy. So every now and then there will be some weird people. But we're big enough to go, well, that's okay. Because I was, come on, you know, don't think of me right now when you're thinking about that. That every now and then there'll just be some people who are a little bit extra, I think my daughter calls them. And that's okay. We just love people who are a little bit extra. That's okay. We give a little bit of grace when grace is needed. This is a friendly, warm family. Come on, somebody. That's who you are. And when you get part of the family, you start to change. CG Powerhouse is our church family. We're part of a tribe. The Bible, the Israel had 12 tribes. Our, our tribe, our church tribe is called C3. Uh, C3 used to be Christian City Church. It started over 40 years ago. There's now 600 churches around the world. That's our tribe. It was started by Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle, who next Sunday are going to be here in the house. I've seen Pastor Phil preach in Korea to 60,000 people in a stadium. And he's coming here next Sunday. He's a once-in-a-generation leader who we have the privilege. Don't be familiar with that. Just calm, expectant, with honour in your heart because our tribe's awesome. I love the C3 tribe. And then we're part of the body of Christ, the global church. And there's awesome churches all around the Sunshine Coast, all around Australia, all around the world, the world. And together, we make up Jesus Church. We're one massive family. And the church is not just a... It's not just an extra thing that we do. I want us to get this. This is a really important thing. The church is not just an activity that we do that's optional. I'm going to the movies on Friday night, and uh, if I'm not too tired, I'll go to church. It's like an activity. The church is not supposed to be an activity. It is an activity, but it's not just an activity. It is a gathering, but it's not just a gathering. It's a family that gathers together. And there's a, there's a journey, and often there are key moments that we make as we journey into the family. Now, depending on your family experiences, it might be a little bit tough to become part of God's family. If, you, if your family experience has been difficult, if it's been challenging, if it's, if it's like, okay, I'm running a mile away. If Christmas is a horror show for you, come on, someone, I know that's what happens for you. And when I say church is like a family, you're like, no, 
Okay, so what we've got to understand is you've got to go on a journey then. This is transformation. A journey of healing to understand how God designed family. God designed family to be life-giving. God designed family to be, to be a place of love and acceptance. God designed family to be a place where you can be yourself, where, you, where with, with some safe people, you can pull the mask off and you can be yourself and, and you can be loved and accepted for exactly who you are. That's how God designed family. And so I've often found that there's two key shifts that we make from being Sunday attenders to family. And simply, here's the two shifts. The first one simply is where we go from attending to engaging. Attending to engaging. If If we're attending and we're ready to bolt out the door, the moment church finishes, I've been known to run down the road to chase people as they've run away after church. A little freaky, but I have been known to do that. Okay, and so and those people are still in C3 today that I chased down the road and others. But if you're like, oh, this is going to be, and you know, it can be a little socially awkward and like, who do I talk to? And I don't want to stand on my own too long. Can I just, can I encourage you, push past the awkward Push past that phase, the introvertedness of I don't really know people because on the other side of awkward and on the other side of hanging a little bit longer and not doing the bolt straight after church, on the other side of that, and and, uh, there'll be some invitations, young adults. This Wednesday night, I think there's a young adult hang that Jacob and Kirsty are organizing. The other side, how old's a young adult? Anywhere from 18 to 51. No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I think it was 18 to about 30, okay. And so if you want to know a little bit more about that, who are we going to talk to? Because they're not here right now. You're going to talk to Tyler. Stand up, Tyler. Excellent. Talk to Tyler if you want to know about young adult hangs on Wednesday night. You get the invitation to hang out and it's going to, and you're like, oh, and you'll have social anxiety, like nervousness about going to meet with people. I guarantee you on the other side of the nervous awkward are some relationships that will be life-giving. So you go from being an attender to engage. You engage, you start to find a group and you go along to a group and groups are meeting all over the coast this week and, and you go along and yes, I know for many people it's like, okay, I'm going to someone's house who I don't know that well. It's going to be okay, I promise you. They've been vetted. They're awesome people. And on the other side of, of that little awkward dance, you're going to find that, that not everyone will be your friend, but you'll find some friends for life when you make the decision to push through awkward. So that's, that's the first step that we make to get through, become part of family. The second is we move from being a consumer to a contributor. A consumer to a contributor. I, I love it. When Kirby said, I walked up and I, and I got greeted at the gate. The people who are greeting at the, the gate aren't paid staff. Okay. And then for many people, the kids get dropped off. And the people looking after your kids, you know what? They're not paid staff. And then the, the, the band played. They're not paid. And the, the, no, you're not getting paid. I heard someone wanting to get paid over there. Uh, who was that? Ike? Sorry, mate. Come on, Ike. You get paid in eternal rewards. You're storing them up right now, you little punk. That's awesome. I love it. The, the, the camera people aren't being paid. The production people aren't being paid. Like, so this is family. This is family. This is how it works. The family serve one another. Family contribute to one another. Family, family does it. We do the dishes. Am I right? Come on, family. Family, we do the chores. Am I right? 
I, my wife's father was renowned for a chore person. And so if you rocked up to their house on Saturday morning, it doesn't matter who you were, you just got roped into chores. Because Saturday morning was chores. So it was, a, it was well known in our youth group and young adults, you don't visit the grants on a Saturday morning or you'll be cleaning the gutters out and you'll be, you'll be mowing the lawn, you'll, whatever. Why did they do that? Because they're family. And families kick in and families, families do things. And I love that. And, you know, one day we, when you start with that attitude of I'm serving and I'm contributing, one day you'll work out the spiritual gifts you've got. Yeah. But the way you work them out is by having an attitude I'm part of the family and I'll just do what needs to be done. Right. So the other side of you going, all right, I'm going to join a group, I'm going to join a team, comes this feeling of belonging. Yes. And that's one of the deepest aches of the soul of every human being. Right. You belong. Yes. You're known. You're part of the family here at church. All right, are we doing okay? What about number three? Uh, we experience freedom and healing. Oh, I love this. Mark chapter two, after Jesus was accused of hanging around with a whole lot of heathens by the religious people, Jesus heard this and he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, not those who think they've got it all together, not those who think that they're, they're, that they're all sorted, but I've called for those who know they're sinners. Yeah. Come on. Church for sick people. Church for damaged people. Church for broken people. Church for people who have got some issues on the inside that maybe the world can't see because we've got our smiling face on, but we've all got them. And Jesus said, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll humble yourself, then I'll help you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he said. That's what humility is. If you humble yourself, I'll help you. And church is about an atmosphere where God can move in our hearts and help us to deal with the issues that we've all got. Whether they're anxiety issues, whether they're rejection issues, whether they're self-esteem issues, whether they're uh, trust issues, whether they're addictive behavior issues, whether they're compulsive disorders, whether they're, whether they're relational problems, whether they're uh, destructive patterns in our life, whether the trauma of our past is still ringing strong in our heads, whatever it might be, we've got issues. And that's why God sent his Holy Spirit to bring healing into your heart and into my heart. In fact, Isaiah 61 says something like this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Jesus said it because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. This is a, a different version of the passage, passage translation, but it says good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted. If you're brokenhearted in some way, you're in the right place. Because God's love and power is here to heal you. He's here to, to tell the captives, you can be free. To tell prisoners, be free from your darkness. Often I'll say this expression, and I, I want to say it over and over. And I hope for some people this echoes around in your mind as the Holy Spirit prompts you. You've got to do something about that issue. If you don't deal with your past it will sabotage your destiny and your future. If you don't deal with it, pushing, your, pushing pain down is not dealing with it. Yeah. 
pretending it's not there and getting busy or, or escaping to something to escape from the internal pain that so many of us have is not dealing with our, with our past. So many of us try, try in popularity, try in drugs, try in alcohol, try in different parties, try in relationships to do things. And so often we don't even know why we're doing it. But subconsciously, we're trying to escape from the pain of our soul and our heart. And the Spirit of God comes to tell people, stop doing that. It's only making it worse. I want to bring healing to your heart. And this church, and church is a place where God can bring freedom and healing. But you've got to lean in for it. It won't just happen for you. Freedom and healing comes in multiple different ways. It comes... Firstly, when you make that decision to invite Jesus into your life, and I've seen it so many times. I've seen, because the Bible says when you make a decision to be a Christian, you get born again. You become brand new. When you become brand new, a number of your issues just go because you're now a new person. You're a new creation. I've watched people who were suffered with anxiety, suffered with torment, suffered with night terrors, suffered with, with all sorts of issues. I've watched them in a moment when they got born again. Just those things went because that was buried with Christ and they became brand new. That's why baptism is such a powerful moment. I watched someone who I prayed for and in that moment of praying for them, they had broken ribs from a domestic abuse situation and just they gave their life to Jesus and they got healed. Why? New creation. But then here's the thing. For some people, these issues are sorted, but they've still got other issues. For some, here's what I watch happen. One person in a moment gets free from depression the moment they got born again, but someone else continues to struggle with it. And we can hear that person's story and wonder what's wrong with me. I just, you just need to understand this. Freedom and healing is a, is a journey for every person that involves layers. And so for many people, the first layer is that connection with Jesus. You get born again. But then there's, there's more that happens. It's, it's what I call the, the atmosphere of God's family healing and freedom comes. And we, we come and we worship and we cry. We don't know why, but... Those tears of God washing pain out of our soul. The Word of God gets into our mind and starts to renew the way we think and we're being transformed and getting set free. Someone hugs us at church and we don't know why, but it undoes something inside of us and healing begins to come. I rock up to someone's house, the small group, and they serve me a, a cup of tea and some biscuits and I don't know why, but somehow I'm getting healed on the inside because now I belong. That's the church at its finest. When we're loving one another and laying our life down for one another. and we don't, Sometimes you don't even realize it until someone points it out. You've changed. You don't even know why you changed. It was the atmosphere of love, acceptance, being in the house of God. Week in, week out in worship when you felt like it and when you didn't feel like it. Going to connect group when you felt like it and when it was the last thing you wanted to do. But you turned up and in the process, God is transforming you, healing and freedom. But then, that's two things, born again, atmosphere. But then the third is this one. This is the painful one. When Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb and he was dead and he comes alive and it's a metaphor for you and I becoming alive spiritually from being dead spiritually, coming alive spiritually, he walks out and he's wrapped with grave cloth. So they were the things that were around his life because he was dead. And Jesus called to the people and said, I want you to unwrap him, loose him. 
so he can be free. And Lazarus couldn't lose himself because he was all wrapped up like a mummy. He needed somebody else to do the unwrapping. And there are certain issues that you've got and that I've got that my salvation and your salvation won't fix. That atmosphere won't fix. That just doing the Christian journey won't fix. I need someone to come and take the grave cloths off. And that means I've got to start being open and honest about my stuff. And here's the reality of it. There's another, you'll, you'll hear me say, if you don't deal with your past, it'll sabotage your future. Here's another one. We're only as sick as our secrets. And the moment of transformation for many people, you'll feel stuck. Why am I not making any progress? Why have I got these habits? Why am I, why am I just stuck in this sort of zone right now? It's because there's some secrets that you need to tell the right person so that they can help lead you on a journey to freedom. It might be that person, might be Rod Frecker, our care pastor. It might be Sharon Dimon, one of our pastors. It might be Pastor Jeremy or Teresa or Josh. It might be one of our pastors. It might be that you go to, and get some counseling. It, it might be just start as simply as this. We have a freedom experience every six to eight weeks. And it might be you're like, okay, I've just got to put myself in the freedom zone. And it's just a Saturday morning every six to eight weeks. And you're like, okay. And then, then there's courses that we run. But all of those things, this is, the mo this is where you go. I'm taking responsibility yeah. for these things in my past. I can't run away from them anymore. And you let God come and heal your heart, deliver you, begin to renew your mind. In a few moments at the end of the service, I'm going to open up the altar because some of you, you're, you're very conscious that issues are just holding you back and we're going to pray for you tonight. That God's love and His power, maybe they are anxiety issues. I feel like there's a number of people who are really being crippled with anxiety and tonight could be a powerful moment for you to be transformed. All right, I'm running out of time, but I'm having a lot of fun. Two more things, just real quickly. The fourth thing, the, the aspect of, of growth is this. The aspect of transformation is we grow spiritually and in life skills. If you hang around long enough and you lean in, you'll grow spiritually, become more like Jesus. Here's the good news. You'll start to sin less. That's good. Your character will change because of the work of God in your life. You'll become more loving, more patient, kinder, more gentle. You'll become more faith-filled. You'll learn the way of faith. You'll learn the power of your words. You'll learn that you can speak to mountains and they'll move. You'll learn that God is the God of the impossible. You'll grow spiritually. You'll be able to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You'll grow spiritually. You'll get more faith-filled. You'll become more generous. Spiritually, as you grow, you'll get a greater burden for people not connected to God, a greater passion for worship, hungrier for His Word. These are things that happen as we grow. You'll learn to use the spiritual gifts that God's given you to bless others and build them up. And then there's life skills. We'll run courses. We'll do different things at different times that'll help you be a better, a better a leader, a better business person, a better a husband, a better wife, a better parent, a be better in relationships, better with your manage, better with your money, I'm sorry. And you'll grow, you'll develop. We put on things like Bible college, leadership academy, all sorts of things, internship, connect group courses, and all of these that help us grow spiritually and in life skills. And the last one is that you get to this point and you're like, I'm going to pay it forward. 
Matthew 10, verse 8, Jesus said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. He said it to his disciples who'd been transformed by being with him. And he said to them, Freely you've received, so freely give. Someone invited you to church. Pay it forward and invite somebody else. Someone followed you up as a new Christian and gave you a phone call and invited you to Alpha and hung out with you and, and, and encouraged you. Pay it forward and help a new Christian. Someone loved you when you joined their connect group and they prayed for you every day. Pay it forward, run a connect group. Find a way that fits with the spiritual gifts that God's given you so that more than just serving as part of the family, you're actually making disciples and you're paying it forward. And as you do that, there comes a moment, and here's the lie. So often it's like, when I get my stuff sorted out, then I'll pay it forward. It might take you all your life to get your stuff sorted out, and even then. So why not just start? Because often the process of lifting my eyes off myself and making it about other people is actually what releases God's presence and transformation into my life at a greater level. Pay it forward. Make disciples. Be involved. I want to pray for us together right now. Would you close your eyes? Holy Spirit, I thank you that tonight you're with us. You're in this room. Lord, I know you're speaking to different people and I thank you for this vision that you've given us to transform lives. Help each one of us know what our next step right now is in our transformation journey. Is it to engage in relationships, in a group and hanging out with people, taking a risk? Is it to begin to serve others as part of the family? Is it to lean in for healing and freedom? I feel like there's, there's something really strong on this tonight. In fact, I want to ask this right now. In a moment, I'm going to ask Isaac to come up and he'll lead us through the rest of the service. He'll give you an opportunity if you're not in relationship with God to connect with God. But if right now, if you're like John, as you're talking about experiencing freedom and healing, I know I need to take some steps towards God. I need to, to, to take some steps to find freedom and healing from the issues that are binding me up. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand and say, that's me right now. Raise your hand and say, that's me. I've got some stuff I need to deal with. Come on, put your hand up. I know there's multiple people because we're going to pray for you real soon. We're going to pray for you. So get ready to respond to God. Awesome. Lots of hands going up. Lots of hands going up. You can put your hand down. At the end of the service, Isaac, when you finish us and the band are up, we're going to just clear the chairs and get people to come up. We're going to pray together for God's healing power and for freedom. You can open your eyes. Church, I'm so proud of you. I love you excited about all the transforming in your life that God's doing and all that he's going to do through us this year. God bless you and thank you, Isaac.